Hello, so we are back with Cassie and Maya. Um, Hannah had to go be physical, such as workout and healthy and fit. So it's just us this week, viewers or listeners. <laughs> if you want to be specific. Right, if you want to be specific. Speci- specific. There you go. Specific. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> So we're going to talk today, talk today, talk about today. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let me do a Sarah. I could speak. <laughs> we're going to talk about chapter three of the grammar and context. The, uh, what's it name? How you say that? Krovitz? Krovitz and so. Devereaux. So what do you want to touch first? Um, okay. Well, <laughs> I thought that this was a really important quote. Um, mentor sentences can be great tools, but sourcing sentences from your reading curriculum is only the first step. Uh, that mentor sentence you've selected probably needs a larger context than, quote unquote, this is language used in a book that we just happen to be reading right now. Mm. I felt like that was super important because we talk a lot about modeling and how important it is to model Mm -hmm. um, tasks for our students to show them this is how we can do things. Yeah. Um, But it also kind of touches on the why and the purpose, which we've talked a lot about as well. Like we shouldn't just have it, we shouldn't just put things in a lesson just to put them there and be like, well, we have to do this, so Uh just get over it Mm -hmm. um showing that it has a purpose beyond the text and beyond the classroom yeah i liked how i like that you pointed that out because um in my recent lesson that i did on thursday i talked about my reflection how like i really wanted to make sure that i was using language from the rubric Mm -hmm. which i feel like that's not always a negative thing but like you know what i'm saying yeah yeah. but i felt like i tried to also make it a real world context because like when i first did it i didn't do this but my teacher was like maybe you should I gave a fake story mm-hmm. about a time that I wrote an essay and failed because I didn't check the rubric. And it gave mm-hmm. it more of like a real world context yeah. beyond the classroom than, okay, this is your rubric for your essay. Yeah. Like, just do but, it. You right. Them. But as I was explaining it, I was using language from the rubric so they could identify my explanations with what's on paper. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I feel like that's not always a bad thing. Like, because I was like, oh, you have to back up your research with evidence. Like, you have to back mm-hmm. up your research with explanations of your evidence. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I was trying to find a way, because it says research on the rubric, but then they're calling mm-hmm. it evidence. So, it's, I so think it should have been explanation of research. Confusing, yeah. So, but yeah, but I feel like when you use language from the rubric, I will, from the text, <laughs> sometimes it's not always that bad, because like... Mm-hmm. It helps them to identify what's going... Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, it helps them to identify, like, what you're talking about with what they're reading. Exactly. But then I also understand with giving it a real-world context. Like, it's not just, oh, we're learning about, for my class, the heroes of the Holocaust. (laughs) Like, you know, this is great right now. Like, how does this come back to your life? Like, who has been a hero in your life? And how does that relate? Like, that could have been, like, a real connection that could have been made in my classroom. That wasn't. But, you know, like, <laughs> I really like that. That was from the text-based grammar. That's where you took that one? Yeah, text-based grammar. 
I used, um, but you're also going to add examples from the novel that help reveal how coordinated conjunctions connect to the idea of choice. And maybe you've prepared a few scenarios that connect the use of coordinating conjunctions to students' choices in their own lives. So I liked how it was like, once again, like relating grammar to real life. Yeah. I feel like when you connect stuff to real life, like he said, connect, like revealing like how coordinating conjunctions can connect the idea of choice. And it's like, hmm, what choices do you make in your life? Mm-hmm. So like when it comes back to that, you're like, hmm, this is about choice. Like, you know, you have something to connect it to because Which it's personal. Makes it easier. I like that. Ooh. It makes it a lot easier, especially, um, lost my thought. It's really good. Um, I completely, I just lost it. Um, you said especially, um. Yeah, I said especially. <laughs> well, we'll just go to the next oh, one. Oh. oh, okay. Especially because a lot of the times, like, grammar can be a scary topic, I mm-hmm. guess, in a sense. Or even teachers to talk about and mm-hmm. to teach. So being able to make those connections can make it easier because we do need to talk about it at some mm-hmm. point. We can't just be like, well, I'm a little scared about doing this or I don't know how to approach it. So I'm just going to leave it all together. You can't really avoid it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's still going to exist whether you want it to or not. Um, but I think making the connections can be good because then it'll help the teacher teach it, and mm-hmm. then it'll also obviously help the students understand, understand it. it well, not use understand. But, yeah. But, like, <laughs> make connections, and mm-hmm. if you can connect to it, it can be a lot easier. And I know we've been talking about, like, conversations in the classroom mm-hmm. and how that can help because students are bouncing off of each other and, like, oh, you made this connection or you see it this way. I didn't think about it mm-hmm. in that way. So that can help as well. Hmm. Okay, what did you put for... Writer-based grammar and context. Writer-based grammar and context. Uh, I think I chose this quote. Let me see. Okay. Our own pivot on the subject came with the revelation that grammar instruction should actually be a constructive experience anchored on how language is actually used. Uh, I feel like that could honestly kind of tie into our other assignment for this week mm-hmm. because we were specifically talking about like the different language dialects and mm-hmm. how that can impact students so students may have been told like oh you need to use standard English all the time mm-hmm. especially like when you're writing or when you're speaking because you want to seem quote-unquote proper or you want to make it this seem is, like you're articulate. This societal idea of yeah, proper. exactly exactly but that's not necessarily going to be as helpful, mm-hmm. especially because it's not the way that people talk pretty much ever. I mean, obviously, in formal settings, but most people don't talk that way. It can seem kind of far off. And there's another point in the text where they're talking about um, the importance of students using their home language and the mm-hmm. way that they speak at home. And I feel like that's super important because if you can tie that in, you're one, validating who they are, what their identities are, and how they express themselves. And then two, again, making connections and showing them like, you don't necessarily need to always use standardized English. Yeah, I feel like that's a really great point that you're making because 
um, relating it back to my classroom. My teacher says I'm really good at switching between academic English and then mm-hmm. language that they can understand. Ooh, okay. Like, I'll put stuff into their terms or like in easier terms. Like, I'll say stuff in academic language mm-hmm. and be like, Did you understand that? And I'm like, Yeah, but like, okay, explain it to me. And if they can't explain it to me, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, All right, let's go into it. Like, you know, like stuff like that. Or like, They'll, like I'll use their slang like mm-hmm. with them because I guess we you know we're still close in age. Yeah. So they'll say something and be like, "Oh, that's cap," and then later <laughs> on I'll be like, "See, now that's cap." Like yeah. you know, like that's cap, like and stuff like that. So it's definitely an advantage. It's a way that they could relate their yeah. own slang to like real, like not real, but societal's form of proper mm-hmm. English. So I feel like that was a great um, quote you picked out. I picked out um. <clears throat> students aren't dummies. They can figure out a teacher's attitudinal stance toward a subject and they'll take their cues from your dispositions. Mm-hmm. This made me think of what McLean was talking about, how we're always perfect little English teachers. Yes. <laughs> and when we do this, we give the answer within our questions. Uh-huh. And I've been realizing, like, trying to make sure I wasn't doing that. Yeah. Because it was talking about how kids learn easily, like how to just, you know, take cues from your disposition. They do. Because, like, the other day I was with my kindergartners, and we were talking about the uh sound for mm-hmm. you, and they had to circle everything that had the same uh sound as, like, cup. Okay, and it was, like, yeah. jump. And then he was, like, that's not it. And I'm, like, are you sure? He said, it is it. I'm, like, how do you know? And he's, like, uh. Like, you know, like. And it made me think of this quote, like, they take cues from your disposition. Because you sit there and you're, like, hmm. They're, like, Hmm, like, you know, like, is it, am I right? Like, exactly. I totally noticed that um, when I was teaching this week because I was trying to play like devil's advocate a little bit. And I was just like, oh, so what do we think about this? And then someone would say something, and I'm like, hmm, interesting. Can you extend upon that? Like, can you expand it a little bit? And they'd be like, uh, um, mm. and I'm like, no, like, I agree with you. I just wanna, I wanna hear a little bit more. <laughs> and then somebody else would say the opposite thing. I'm like, hmm, I can see that point too. And then I would tie it together, and be like, see, it's important that we made these two connections because <laughs> this is reinforcing what we're talking about. Yeah, like they really, I really noticed that. Like, they'll be like, uh, like I've been putting them more on the spot. I was like, oh, does everyone understand what I'm saying? And they'll all go, yes. And I'm like, okay, so tell me the three points that you need for organization within your rubric. Uh, well, I need a strong, looking down at the paper. Right, like, so I've been doing it more where like I'm asking more questions. Like, I'll originally pose like a yes or no, and then be like, a. So can you expand upon that? <laughs> or ask a more direct now. question? Yeah. And then they'll be like, uh, and then it's like, let me start focusing. Like, you know, like it gets them to like start yeah, focusing. Yeah. Um, what else? How much time do we have? Let's see. Oh, four minutes. What else do you want to hit? Do you want to hit into the, um, I thought, what else I thought was interesting was mm. the Netflix one. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Because I am a huge Netflix fan. Um, let me scroll to it. Where am I? Rhetorical news articles. Netflix, Netflix. Oh, I'm a huge Netflix fan. And, like, looking at this, like, um, it made me think of Sam's Half-Life thing. Oh, like, yeah. as Sam was doing it, I was yeah. thinking of this. Um, Mira, so you don't know. Or for our listeners. <laughs> 
Um, Half-Life is a game where you have like students talk and then they have to come up with a story about something from their personal lives. Um, he did it as like what you ate the night before mm -hmm. and like talk about your day to that. Yeah. And then the person has to repeat back to you what they what you said in less time and then you have to do it back in a shorter time and then they have to do it back in a shorter time. And I feel like this was like this, like giving the synopsis of a show or a movie in like just a few sentences and how kids may think this is just, you know, mediocre or, you know, not important because it's something they look over all the time. But um, how it's crazy that people have this job where they must craft a compelling message that summarizes the story and highlights its appeal in just a few seconds and how much that um, goes into grammar and writing. Yeah, I honestly, I never looked twice. <laughs> that sounds really bad, but like, I've never really looked at... I'll watch a trailer the, before I read the yeah, sentence. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, I usually like, I'll watch the trailer, or, like, I'll look things up, like, oh, I heard a lot of people talking about this. Mm -hmm. like, what's going on here um and if i do look at the sentences or the, the short little blurbs um it's more so like skimming it mm -hmm. and looking for like keywords like oh is there anything here that actually interests me <laughs> but i thought it was really interesting that in the text, they were really going into it and like they used they or they described it as like a mission statement um, and just trying to speculate, I guess, what's important, like the effect, the purpose of it. Mm -hmm. Like, one of them says, for Dumpling, she's taking a stand in a swimsuit and gown. She's, and she's not doing it alone because everybody and everybody deserves a chance. Did you watch Dumpling? No, I haven't. It's good. But <laughs> I think that was a great play on words. Because like, it kind of tells you what it's about without directly telling you what it's about. No, exactly. It makes you be like, hmm. Is there more here? Um. Or like Stranger Things 3. Mm -hmm. A Lost Boy. A government lab steeped in secrets <laughs> and a dark forest that turns the town upside down. That's what it's called in the show, yeah. the upside down. Oh! Yeah. The other dimension's called the upside oh down. Gosh. Isn't that crazy? So That's so clever. Or like Black Panther, he's a warrior, a superhero, and a good man. But it's hard for a good man to be king. Doing what's right will take all his power. Or bird box. That could kind of go into, not directly, um, specific things that we're talking <coughs> about in this class. I'm thinking of the writer's journal, but this is making me think about, because um, we keep just writing things down in the writer's mm -hmm. journal, and then we go back and we look at it. Mm -hmm. um, and we're trying to identify, like, oh... What kind of sentence is this? Mm -hmm. And this, that, and the other. And like you look at some of these, and like there, there are fragments here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a warrior. Or Alliteration. Yeah. But like it's techniques that work. Like they capture your interest. 
and it wouldn't necessarily, like if they were in school, for instance, and a student was looking at that, or a teacher was looking at it, it would most likely be seen, or most likely be like frowned upon, but it's still good writing. Right. <laughs> right. It's captivating. This yeah. would be great for like a creative writing class, possibly. Definitely. Um, the rhetorical grammar on social media was kind of cool. Like, I'm going to let you finish. Oh, my god! You might want to sit yes, this one out. Yes, yes. I see, I see myself out. Like, that's like the, I, I'm going to head out. Like. Yes, yes, Oh, my gosh. I showed so many people that section, the one about the, the social media. I posted that on social media, actually, because I thought it was so great. This is so, like. <laughs> and to have them actually, like, dissect, like, the language they lose use on social media. Like. Yeah. It said humor, satire, irony, or critique. And then it kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning, how important it is or how influential it could be to make these connections. Like, this is something that students could connect to, relate to. Exactly. It connects to real life. And it says it offers ways for students to reveal their linguistic dexterity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, This is a pretty good chapter. I like this book, this textbook. I do too, actually. I really like it. I'm going to have to go buy it for real. (laughs) Is there anything else that you wanted to that came out to you about this? Not specifically. They mentioned modeling curiosity and, like, showing that enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. But I feel like we kind of talked about that. Yeah, we talked about that. Oh. And we're out of time, folks. Um, thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Uh, go out and buy a copy of Grammar in Context. Um, buy more grammar to get things done by Darren Krovitz and Michelle D. Devereaux. Thank you. See you next time in a week.